0: Would you look, please, in the Scriptures to 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. We've been on a series on Sunday mornings when I've been with you that uh, we're calling the Temple of the Holy Spirit. Our main text in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9 1 Corinthians 6.9 it says know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God don't be deceived neither fornicators, idolaters adulterers, effeminate abusers of themselves with mankind thieves covetous, drunkards, revilers extortioners they'll not inherit the kingdom of God such were some of you (laughs) he's writing to the church at Corinth and he said uh, a bunch of you that's that's what you were but you are washed you know it's not just what you do it's what you do last not just what you were it's what you are now and that, that could be said concerning us such were some of you in that list but you are washed. Somebody say, I am washed. I am, washed. I am sanctified. I am, sanctified. I, am I am justified. In the name, In the name of, the Lord Jesus of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit, by the Spirit of our God. Of our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep reading, verse 12. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. But I'll not be brought under the power of any. Now you'll notice that in a number of other translations, that first phrase, all things are lawful to me, are in quotations, that he is quoting them. And you'll find in this, uh, particularly in, in 1 Corinthians, this letter that God used Paul to pen to the people in the church at Corinth. They had obviously asked him several questions. The next chapter, chapter 7, he's answering questions they asked about marriage and divorce and remarriage and being single versus being married. That whole chapter is the Spirit of God through him responding to what they asked. And then if you look in the next chapter, chapter 8, he's talking about eating food Offered to idols. They had asked about that. And um, what you'll find in the previous chapter, chapter 5, is him talking to them about a situation in the church at Corinth there that a man and his uh, stepmother had gotten together and were either married or are living together. And he's quoting then here that they're saying, yeah, but all things are lawful for me all things. Listen to the Amplified, says it like this, everything is permissible for me. The New Living says, I'm allowed to do anything. (laughs) Well, that had to be some of the attitude that they had because he said concerning, well back up to chapter 5 because I know some of you weren't with us. Back up to chapter 5 and you'll see this attitude that they had about this situation. Chapter 5, verse 1, he said it's reported commonly that there's fornication among you. Now, this is in the church. Fornication is sex outside of covenant, sex outside of marriage. He said there's fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named, among the Gentiles. He said uh, the unsaved people don't do this. <laughs> what? That one should have his father's wife. And if you read Second Corinthians, there's indication that his father is still alive and in the church. Same church. And that somehow this man has gotten involved with his stepmother And now they're either, either they're living together or they got married, but not just that, they're in the church at Corinth, maybe doing stuff in the church. And verse two, he said, and you are puffed up about this and have not rather mourned. He's saying the spirit of God through him is saying, you should have seen this as a problem. But you don't. You're puffed up. Now puffed up, we might say proud of it. They're proud that this guy and his stepmother are a couple in in the church there at Corinth. And so you see just not too many verses later in chapter 6 where he says that you're saying all things are permissible. All things are allowable. And what were they puffed up about? Well, the eighth chapter talks about that knowledge puffs up. So they thought they had knowledge that made this okay. They thought they had revelation that meant you could ignore the written word. This is going on today in many, many places, many churches. Now, we looked at this, and it'll bear some repetition. Look in Mark, the seventh chapter. Mark chapter 7, he had talked to them about their traditions that were making the Word of God of non effect. In Mark 7, they have found fault in verse 2 and 3 because Jesus' disciples didn't wash their hands the way they thought they should. You know, religious people are a pain. Aren't they? Now, now here's the deal. Is there anything in the scripture about washing your hands a certain way before you eat? No. And yet, they have made this a central focus. They were the first church of washing. Now, you're laughing. But this could be said so many times in so many areas, which is what Jesus said. And so they they took Jesus to task about it. Verse 5, they said, Why don't your disciples walk according to the tradition of the elders? See, they didn't even call it scripture. (laughs) They eat bread with unwashed hands. And all the elders of the first church of Washington said, Ooh, (laughs) no. And he said, Jesus answered them and said, Well, has Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites? Whew. As it's written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Just because people talk about God, that does not mean they know Him. You, you hear a lot of times, God this, and God that, and God this, and God, and you can tell by the things that the people are saying, and these folks will push their traditions above scriptures. They'll fight you over their traditions. I was preaching a message some years ago, and afterwards a lady came up, and she was shaking her head. And she said, no, no, no. <laughs> Something I had said. I said, what? She said, well, it's just like the old song says. I said, what? She said, like the old song says. And she quoted to me verse 3 of some old unbelieving song. And that to her meant more than the 12 scriptures I gave in the message. Like the old song says. Just because something's old (laughs) doesn't make it right are true. If it was wrong when it came out 300 years ago, it's still wrong today. Just cuz it's familiar doesn't make it right. And he said, "In vain verse 7, they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men." Now notice this, he said they're worshiping me, but it's for nothing. Really? Is there vain worship? Vain prayer? Vain church services? Vain rituals and traditions? People are doing it. They're religious about it. They'd fight you over it. But it's in vain. It's for nothing as far as God's concerned. Why? Because they ignore what he says. That's what makes it vain. That they have accepted something that men came up with and made that their belief contrary to what he said, a replacement for what he said. And if you don't know the word, how would you even recognize you were doing it? See, that's where so many people are at. They heard a preacher say it. Maybe it was passed down from grandma or whoever, and they assume, well, yeah, that's uh, that's Bible, yeah, yeah. When I first uh, went to Rhema Bible School, just the first couple of months I was there, I was so glad to be there. I'm learning, I'm growing. I I didn't I grew up around church, but I didn't know much about the Bible. We had Bibles on the coffee table. <laughs> And we even, uh, I wouldn't even say they were dusty, because we dusted them. <laughs> they were clean Bibles. But we didn't spend any time in them, <laughs> which is where most people are. And I'm there, I'm learning in all the classes, and the Spirit of God spoke very strongly. I don't mean I heard of audible voice, but inside me. Keith, examine everything you believe. Examine it. And when you realize you believe something, find it in the book. Find it in the scriptures. Discipline yourself to do it. I knew it was the Lord. And this didn't all you know, happen in a couple of months. This went on for years. It's actually still going on. And uh, it was surprising to me. Because when I knew it was the Lord and so I said yes Lord yes I, I want to do it help me and so sure enough something had come up I'd hear something or I'd think of something and I'd realize Will you believe that yeah yeah next question was where's it at where's it at and so I'd start looking for it I had a couple of concordances and I'd look things up and sometimes I'd find it and think well yeah yeah there it is that's right But oh, many times, I couldn't find it. (laughs) So I would search, I thought, well, now I know that's in there. I know, is it? Where? Where Where's it at? Where's it at? And as I searched for it, I actually found scriptures that contradicted it. (laughs) So now, I got to make a decision, right? Just because you believe it, that doesn't make it true. Just because your relatives believed it for generations. Amen. Just because millions of people believe it. Amen. Doesn't make it true. Alright. That's what deception is. And that's the main tool of the devil. Is deception. The God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says. Has blinded the minds of them that believe not. And this deception is. Has to do with somebody thinking something is true. When it's not. Believing a lie is true. So what's your standard? How are you going to find out? What's, what do you measure it by? What do you check it by? There's only one acceptable standard. Yes. It is the written word of God. Amen. It is the written word of God and if it doesn't agree with the written word of God it cannot be God I don't care how many people believe it how adamant they are people oh man they get huffy about it well I've got a right to my beliefs not if you're a Christian what do you mean if you're a Christian Jesus is supposed to be your Lord You're supposed to believe what he tells you to believe. Not just make up stuff as you go along. No, you don't have a right to your beliefs if Jesus is your Lord. If you're your own Lord, well certainly you can believe whatever you choose to believe. But if Jesus is your Lord, he did everything he did by the book. Is that right? I mean, how did he overcome the temptation in the wilderness? Anybody remember? How? How? Every time of the three big things we're taught, it, it is written. It is written. It is also written. Well, if that's how he had to do it, how do you think you and I are going to do it? Well, what if you don't know? What's written? Oh, you're at a disadvantage. If you don't know what is written, you are easily deceived, easily tricked, easily fooled and misled. People will tell you something, and if it sounds good and religious to you, you may think, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How many think all believers ought to do what the Lord told me to do? Examine what you believe, right? Right? And then when you realize you believe something, what? Find it. Find it. And if you can't find it, (laughs) you better not be so adamant about it. Is that right? And if you find something that contradicts what you think you believe, it's time to change. Is that right? It's time to change. It's time to say, well, I was wrong and Grandma was wrong. And our whole denomination was wrong. Because it is written is right. Oh, somebody say, it's right, it's right. It's right. Verse 9, he said, Full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whoever curses father or mother, let him die the death. Now that is, it is written. In fact, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Right? Honor your father and mother. We we got into talking about this some earlier, but we're going to need to camp on it some more because the church has thought wrong about what they call the Old Testament. Actually, that's not a name God gave it. Old Testament is a title men gave it. And the Old Covenant is in there, but that's just one of many things. That's in those 39 books. And the law is in there. But that's just one of many things. And the prophets. So I I, I actually have got to where I don't care. For that title. You can do whatever you want to with it. But does it. If you think Old Testament. Means doesn't apply to me anymore. You need revelation. It is the eternal Word of God that never changes. And the Ten Commandments, people ask the question, well, do we have to keep the Ten Commandments nowadays? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to pray. well, Well, do we need to? If you're led by the Spirit, you will. And that's what the scripture says. You know, Romans says, do we do away with the law because of faith? And the scripture, this is Romans chapter 3. It says, no, God forbid. We establish the law. Amen. What does that mean? No, you don't do away with the law. The law was right. It was right when God said it. It'll always be right. You'll have no other gods before you. Is that still right? Yes. Yeah. Which one of these Ten Commandments is now old and, you know, irrelevant? And uh, how about, you know, thou shalt not murder? No. Still a good idea. Yeah. You don't steal. Yeah. You don't lie. You don't bear false witness. Is that still good? Is that still right? Right. Certainly. And if you're led by the Spirit, even if you didn't know the Ten Commandments, you will do the things that are spoken of in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You won't do the things that are forbidden. So it's not that do we have to keep the Ten Commandments? No, by the Spirit of God and by the power of His help, we can walk uprightly. And you'll find yourself doing things that were revealed in the law, but you're not doing them trying to make yourself righteous. You've been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. But right is still right. And it'll always be right. Right. Oh, come on, can you see that? So when you're talking about the Old Testament, that's why I don't care for that phrase so much because the word covenant is what's found in the New Testament referring to Old Covenant, but that doesn't cover all of the 39 books. And what you'll find is the enemy is continually doing his best to disarm the church. You know what he's afraid of? It is written. Is that what Jesus defeated the devil with? I mean, he put him down. He defeated him so soundly that the Bible said the devil left him for a season. He had to go and regroup and try to figure out what to do next. Why? Because he came up against a wall with it is written. It wasn't open to compromise in any shape, form, or fashion. It wasn't, well, some people think, and it could be this, or it could be that. No, it is written. Done. Yeah, but what about exceptions? No exceptions. None. Now, see, people don't like that. People like, all things are permissible. (laughs) Everything is all right. Why? Because we're under grace. Everything's all right. That's not true. Not everything is profitable. And we are not to be brought under the power of anything. And if the Lord ever said, don't do this, then it's still wrong to do it. Doesn't mean you're lost if you do it, but it's still wrong to do it. And if the Lord says something was right, if he ever said it was right, how many understand? It'll always be right. Because yes. Jesus is the same. Yesterday and today and forever. Amen. There will be no updating for the current generation. That's right. <laughs> uh-uh. There will never be a Bible 2.0. <laughs> If they come out with one, don't get it.'t don't, it. don't, don't, don't buy it. <laughs> because if it needs updating, it didn't come from God. Exactly. Amen. That's one of the things that makes these writings so astounding is it's obvious that whoever said these things was able to perceive it and had perspective outside of time the one who said these things, all these prophecies that were stated in detail, even small detail about Jesus coming and his sacrifice and the crucifixion and being raised and all these things, they were uttered centuries and centuries and even millennia before they happened. How could you get something spot on exactly right in every detail? Thousands of years before it happened. That means you know the end from the beginning. That's not human beings. No human being has that knowledge. That wisdom and perspective. And those kind of things is why we can trust this book. And the big thing you know is your own heart. God is the father of spirits. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. And when you hear truth, deep calls to deep. And when you hear truth, even if your head is having trouble with it, your heart knows you just heard the truth. Your heart knows it. Now you can act like you didn't know it and you can ignore it, you can reject it, but your heart knows it. And when you hear the truth whether you're reading it for yourself or you're hearing somebody like me wave the hands and and, and declare it, it ministers to you, it quickens you you know your creator lives you know your savior lives, you know his word is right for eternity and that's all 66 books Every one of them. I said, what about all those animal sacrifices and everything? You ought to still be doing them if Jesus hadn't come. But he came, hallelujah, and shed his own blood once and for all. Woo! And that's why we don't have animal sacrifice anymore. Well, it says people commit some of these sins. You're supposed to stone them and kill them. So that's Old Testament. Why don't we do that? Because Jesus took our place on the cross. He was judged for all of it. He was punished. It was fulfilled. But that don't change the Ten Commandments being true or everything else that he ever said. Now see, these Corinthians had scripture. Leviticus 18, it is written. Mm -hmm. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. That you could not have your father's wife. I also talked Mm -hmm. about your sister, your aunt, your mother. I mean, the list goes on. I challenge you, read Leviticus 18. Mm -hmm. And tell me which one of those is okay to do now. And what you got is people picking and choosing. Oh yeah, I believe that now. Uh Uh-oh, I don't like that one next to it. Uh -uh. (laughs) That your times have changed. No, the, the word hasn't changed. People have changed. But right hasn't changed. And it never will. And you and I are commanded not to be conformed to this world. And there is, oh, there's so much pressure. There is so much pressure on you and I to conform to this ungodly world and what the enemy's trying to do. Does anybody know what the sword of the spirit is? Does anybody know? What if you let somebody take your sword away from you? You are unarmed. Is that right? Unarmed. Can you see why I say the devil is continually trying to disarm the church, how's he doing it? By saying, "Oh, those scriptures are not for you nowadays. Yeah, those are passed away." And you even hear people saying that about the gospels. Oh, well, that was Jesus. He was, you know, he was talking to people before the cross, and and that, you know, that's not really to us. No, no, Jesus didn't preach the law. If you if you read Matthew five and other scriptures, say the law was until John. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Yeah. Certainly His words are for you. And I've heard people try to take apart the New Testament. Well, that, that's not necessarily for. Can you see what I'm talking about? That's passed away, and that's not relevant. You know, what is the enemy trying to do? You started out with a great big razor-sharp, two-edged sword that was 10 feet tall and glowing like a laser. But we got rid of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Uh Now it's just a six foot sword. We got rid of the Psalms and the prophets. Some people got rid of the gospels. Now we got a two foot dagger. (laughs) What's the enemy after, what's he after? He wants you to replace all of the word with a tradition, or just say it's no longer applicable somehow, so that you are weaponless. You are disarmed and easy, easily defeated. Somebody say, "Not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. I, hold I hold to the integrity. Of, the entire, of the entire word of God. It is. It is. The, sword the, the sword of the spirit. And I willed it. I willed it. In, its In its fullness. In my life. In my life. Hallelujah. Amen. No weapon can prosper against it. Amen. Nothing's greater. Amen. Than the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say thank you Lord. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's point one, and I've got five. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, maybe you can come back. He said in Mark 7, he said, verse 13, You make the word of God of none effect, "...through your tradition which you have delivered, and many such like things do ye." He said, that's just one of many such examples where what? Where you have... Let let me read this definition of where it says of non-effect. That word means to invalidate. It means to disannul. Here's one you'll be familiar with. It means to cancel. To cancel, cancel it out, and to, uh, to make it no longer authoritative. Yeah. And you know, sadly, the entire Old Testament is this way in most churches right now. Yes, if you quote the exact answer to what they're dealing with, but it's in what they call the Old Testament, people will go, yeah, but you know. That's old testament. (laughs) So what do you believe in now? What did you replace it with? Do you see what we're talking about? Without realizing it, they have replaced it with something else. And see, it was written in Leviticus eighteen that you are not to have your father's wife. Be your stepmother. It is written. Discussion should be over. Yeah, but what if we're in love? It is written. <laughs> but what if we are each other's true soulmate? Yeah, right. <laughs> do, do you see what, what I'm talking about, though? And what, what had their conclusion? Why were they proud of allowing these things in their church at Corinth? Because they got a revelation of grace that means it's okay. We no longer have to pay attention to it is written. A revelation that replaces it is written. Now see, this is going on. This is going on in all kind of churches, in all kind of places. And there is pressure on you to conform. And to not be so... Black and white do not be so truth or not. No, no no, no, there's so many variables. And what happens is people have created another Jesus, another God and another gospel. Are we warned about this? in the New Testament are we warned in Galatians and other places about another gospel reckon such a thing exists today I hear people say you know well uh, Jesus preached love and acceptance that's another gospel that's not the gospel that's a different gospel and it's not true well Jesus preached inclusion inclusion Jesus preached love and acceptance. That is not true. That's not what he preached. Even saying that, people go. <laughs> well, let me go a little further then. Go to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew chapter 10. People say, well, you know, Jesus. I actually saw an unbelieving interviewer on an international aired talk show some years ago, had a pastor on there, wonderful man. I don't know the man personally, but I I like his ministry and what he's doing. And he was pushing this pastor about what Jesus preached, love and acceptance. And the pastor was going like, yeah. And I didn't expect it. But the spirit of God in me said, no, I didn't. It's not what I preached. I thought, wow. Because you know, you tend to go along with that. Well, Jesus preached love and acceptance, didn't he? Tell me how we can answer this. How can we settle this? By what you think, or I think, or there's only one way to settle this. And so I did. I went back to the Gospel accounts. And I tried to see everywhere it said what Jesus preached. And nowhere did it say that's what he preached. He preached repentance. Amen. <laughs> Is that the same as acceptance? No. It's not the same. Repentance means change. Change. He preached repentance. He preached the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdom of heaven. That's right. And people say, well, yeah, but Jesus just he wants everybody to get along and he just he just he just accepts everybody just like they are does he he will accept you where you are that doesn't mean he's okay with you staying the way that you are he loves you too much to leave you like you are hmm and notice this, Matthew 10, verse 34. Jesus said, this is the NIV I'm reading. NIV, Matthew 10, 34. Jesus said, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. He said, don't think that. Is this the word or not? Yeah. See, you got religious ideas. Never let an unbeliever tell you who Jesus is or what he preached. Jesus said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Really? I've come to turn a man against his father, a father against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Really? A separation? Over what? Over what? Over godly people refusing to conform. Refusing to compromise, Thank you, Jesus. then even people of their own household will say, "Well, you're you're a hater. You're a this. You're the other," and it'll cause separation. Mm-hmm. But the best thing you ever did for your family is go all the way with God, because Amen. Amen. hopefully there will come a time when they come to their senses. And they realize the truth. And you'll be in a position to help them. You will have grown. You'll have learned some things about God. You can give them the answers in the word. But if they don't respect the word. They don't respect God. He said don't think. That I've come to bring peace. Anyone that loves his father or mother more than me. Is not worthy of me. Anybody who loves his son or daughter more than me. Is not worthy of me. Anybody that does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Is there absolute truth? Yes. Does it exist? Yes. yes. Then this thing about your truth and my truth is a lie. Yes. It's a deception. It's either true or it's not. And it doesn't change and it doesn't vary. Amen. Because God doesn't change. He doesn't vary. He said I am the Lord. I change not. Is that right? He said heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. We'll have to have these other four points for another time. Go, go to John 14 please. And I, we'll close with this I think. John 14 you will, well, yeah, you hold your place there and they can put up on the screen for us Psalm 50. You see, that was a little bit tricky. I worked in two passages on you. (laughs) Psalm 50 and 16. Psalm 50, 16, he said, To the wicked, God says, what do you have to do to declare my statutes or that you should take my covenant in your mouth? Do the ungodly talk stuff about God? They do. Keep going. Seeing you hate instruction and cast and throw my words behind you. When you saw a thief You consented with him. You've been partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil. Your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things have you done, and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether such an one as yourself. People have recreated God in their image. They have imagined God is like they are. They don't know God. And so they're saying, oh, well, God this and God this and God loves everybody. And and God is accepting of everybody just like you. And and God made everybody the way they are. And and, and he he said, uh, you thought I was like you, but you're wrong. And I'm going to reprove you to your face. The scripture said, don't add to God's words lest he reprove you and you be found to be a liar. Don't change it. But one of the big issues is that folks are so ignorant of the word. They just don't know anything about what is written. Friend, join us. Everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day. Monday through Friday. That's why we do it. You'll find in the course of one year, you will have read the New Testament through in its entirety. And every few years we break it up so that you read the Old Testament through, get the whole thing. Which is the Word of God. Go to John 14 now. John 14. You will hear people say well, I don't agree with all that, all that conservative, you know, literal Bible stuff, but uh, I love God, and I love God with all my heart, and nobody can tell me I don't, (laughs) y'all are quiet, (laughs) have you heard this before, I know God, and I love God with all my heart, and uh, nobody can tell me I don't. Well, John 14:15, Jesus said something about this. People say, well, you can't tell if I love God or not. Actually, we can. According to Jesus, the head of the church. Jesus said, if you love me, do what? Keep, Keep my commandments. If you love me, do what I tell you to do. Amen. People say, "Well, isn't that performance based? <laughs> that that isn't grace." Boy, you would think Jesus would know about grace. <laughs> you can be saved. And just be baby, baby, not know anything about God. And not walk with him. And not walk in his blessings. Not know anything about his anointing. Not find his plan for your life. And be saved. Die and make heaven. But no reward. But if you know God and you walk with him, it will be evident by your closeness to the Word of God. Amen. It'll be evidence by how dear you hold it and how you endeavor to fulfill it and do it. Can you say amen? amen. And the person who says, I know God but rejects His Word, First John calls him a liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Says that, no, you're a liar. You're a liar. Keep reading verse 21. John 14, 21 says, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me will be loved of my Father and I'll love him and will manifest myself to him. Woo! You want God to manifest himself more in your life? Quit begging and crying and get to doing. Is that right? Find out what he told you to do and do it. Keep going. Verse 22. Verse 22. Judas said to him, a different Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? So Jesus basically repeats what he just said. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If a man loves me, how can we tell? How can we tell? He will keep my words. Now you have some people that suggest, Well, yeah, but did Jesus ever say anything specifically about this? Are you trying to imply that Jesus is not in agreement with the Father God? And the words that were spoken. Recorded in the other scriptures. If a man loves me. He will keep my words. My father will love him. Will come to him. We'll make our abode with him. Verse 24. He that loves me not. Keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine. But the father's which sent me, do you know how many times what people call the Old Testament is quoted in the New Testament as though it applies to us right now? You know why? Because it does! (laughs) It does! Oh, somebody say it does! It does! It does! James 4.4 says, Do you not know that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? And whoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. God. You walk close to the Lord. You keep his words and hold to the absolute truth and right of the word. There will be people around you that don't like it. There will be people around you that will judge you, call you names, do all kinds of things. And that's that separation that he said. Even some within your own household. But you are not called. To get along. I said you are not called. To conform. To get along. You are called. To be a light. In this dark world. You are called to be salt. And truth and purity in this rotten, nasty world. You are called to be a witness, a witness, a witness of the truth that never changes. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church.